welcome to the Alpha Podcast by Canis for Ryan Eford. I'll be hosting professionals that live the Alpha lifestyle from a number of different industries and career fields. You can find us at your favorite podcast apps and sign up on our newsletter for updates. I'm super excited about our guest today. I've got not only my business partner, but Swiss-born, all-around technical fabric badass, Marcel Gesser. Marcel, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here with you guys. So it's been uh, two and a half years uh, since we've actually got to see each other face-to-face with COVID and with the trade shows. It's awesome to have you come over. We just got back from the Western Hunting Expo in Salt Lake City, Utah, which was an incredible show. It was so good to see how many people came out. Uh, I haven't seen the final attendance numbers, but I think it was over 50,000 people at that show and it was just so great to interact with people have you here in person and basically tell the story of the brand yeah it's been a it's been a great experience um i haven't been uh, around for a while that's correct and uh, it was a special moment for me to finally go to a trade show together with you guys to to meet our um, end users to meet customers all over the the country basically and um yeah it's been uh, it's been very very good few days and uh, we loved to be there. We've got new listeners. We've got new followers on social and, and there's probably a fair amount of people who don't actually know the story of, of how we met, how we uh, basically a phone call turned into several phone calls, turned into several trips to Switzerland uh, to what we have today as Canis, the offering that we've got. Um, you know, I reached out to you probably four and a half years ago. Yeah, um, that's right. I mean, my background in technical fabrics was um, I grew up hunting military BDUs and then in the military, you know, we used the equipment that we were issued. My first uh, military three-layer fabric was, I believe, the Gore-Tex jacket and pants that they issued us. It was really loud stuff. And then, of course, I've been skiing since I was a kid and and wore technical fabric skiing, um, but didn't really understood how they worked. Really, I just knew that I needed it to go skiing. I remember sitting around the campfire coming off the mountain one day. We were deer hunting, and I looked around the fire, and everybody's wearing technical fabric ski wear, uh, but we were cold on the mountain because we were all hunting in, in cotton, cotton whitetail clothing. And so uh, that was years ago. But, um, you know, I've had the opportunity since then to hunt uh, you know, several places around the world, waterfowl and whitetail and then elk out west. Um, and I've worn – most of the brands that are out there today. And so I knew if we were going to basically start this venture that we had to be different and it wasn't worth our, our time, our money and our energy to basically be a me too brand. And so for our listeners, that's when I started doing research and calling factories around the world. And one name kept coming up and that was Marcel and uh, called Marcel and, and basically, um, Try to understand your expertise in the space, and it's probably a good time to to jump into that. Um, you've been designing technical apparel for some of the largest brands in the world for the last 15, 20 years. Yeah, more than twenty years. More than twenty years. Uh, you've won awards at ISPO, which um, you know, maybe give us a little background, like what is ISPO and what you, and what you've done. Yeah, ISPO is the the biggest um, sportswear wholesaler um, show. Uh, there's one in Germany and there's one in Beijing and um, ISPO is issuing awards for um, 
good products, a good design product. And um, so this is happening every year. And uh, yeah, we had um, the opportunity to work with some of our customers on, on, on really great and innovative stuff. And uh, yeah, we had the uh, luck, we went lucky and uh, got a, a, a couple of those during the years, yeah. When I walked into your design shop, I mean, you basically had sewing machines, you had a down filling machine. Um, I brought some pieces, um, my personal hunting equipment uh, from numerous brands I've worn over the years. I brought ski apparel, uh, mountaineering apparel, and after about the first two hours of basically touching it, feeling it, going through the stuff with you, I said, can we do it better? And without a doubt, steely eyes, you looked at me and you said, yes, we can. What what did you see and really what for the guys that are wearing our gear or guys that maybe have questions about our gear, you know, how are we different today um, than what was on the market and, and really what yeah, give them an idea of really what you, from your initial thoughts to what, what we've constructed now over the last four years building Canis. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good how you described it and, uh, how we work is, is probably setting us apart from most of the brands. Um, I was running um, a development center, a de development uh, innovation lab in Switzerland for, for a long time. And um, it means that we have been working on prototyping, uh, uh, you know, from, from a blank paper to, you know, to a, to a ready sample uh, that is sent out for testing with Ryan, obviously predominantly. And, um, I think this is an opportunity that um, very few brands actually have. So normally you involve a factory at the very early stage uh, in the process uh, and we really develop the whole product uh, until we are done and then we, only by that time the factories get involved. So as a matter of fact, we've been working on, on prototyping and development and testing, um, you know, up to five, six prototypes um, for each piece of um, gear we do. Um, for more than two years, actually, and uh, the expertise um, obviously comes from from uh, you know from my my broad experience over the last you know good twenty years, probably probably even twenty five years, um, coming from a tailoring background, and then you know into into um, technical textiles, uh, you know, sportswear, military, medical applications, <clears throat> and these. Um, then all these experience um, was going into into the development, um, and you know I've, I've always been a, a sportsman by myself. I'm I'm not a hunter, um, but I've done a number of different uh, sports. I lived in the mountains. You know, I'm I'm an outdoor guy. Um, I also have um, got attracted to you know learning more about uh, you know fabrics and opportunities in that area during all my my years of, of working in the textile industry. And I would probably say that that I've become myself uh, pretty much a, a bit of an expert in in um, fabrics. So, fabric has always been a, a very important component to projects that we have been working on. And so, naturally, I would also start here with um, you know picking and choosing and developing the correct fabrics at very first before we even started with making garments out of it. Let's talk about that for a second. You made the comment you're not a hunter and then that, that uh, surprises some people, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, when we're at trade shows or, or when I'm out there, you know, putting the gear to the test, um, hunting, you know, with the camera guys 
And that's what I love about it. I, you know, I learned early on in my business career, you got to be humble and you got to know what you don't know. And I love the fact when we first talked, you're a cross country skier. Uh, you, you adventure in the back country in the Alps in Switzerland. And just like, it's no different than when we're out there hunting, your life depends on that year. So what I love when we first met is that you're going to look at, you're going to look at the hunting clothing from a different, a different lens, a different, a different set of glasses, a different set of eyes than someone like me that's grown up hunting since I was two or three years old would look at it. And so I remember asking you, I said, Hey, we gotta, we gotta be the best. We gotta be the toughest. We gotta be the warmest. We gotta be the lightest. Can we do that? And if you give me those pieces, then I can tell you if it will work or not work in a hunting application. And, you know, I think that's basically, you take two different worlds, you take your background in, I would say the skiing and the mountaineering world and my expertise um, as a hunter, you know, also as a skier, a person that spent a lot of time in the mountains When you bring those together, that's when you get something special. And I think that's what we've got here in Canis. And, you know, a lot of guys, even today, like I, since we've been in the space, um, it's sometimes uh, it's surprising to me. People don't truly understand the layering system or how to layer. And, you know, looking back, I guess I really didn't either. Um, so talk just for a second about, you know, what is a layering system from, we use Merino wool base layers. We use Merino uh, fleece mid layers. And then we get into our specialty pieces through the insulation pieces all the way out to the rain gear. You know, don't forget the, our, our pants with the nylon base fabrics that are extremely tough. Um, so to kind of walk us through the whole point of a layering system, for example, you know, people will say, oh, um, well this, I'll use a, a Canadian goose jacket, right? It's very warm, it's very heavy, you know, but you basically take a three layer piece like our Nunavut rain jacket, you mirror it with our down jacket, and now you've basically put a waterproof, windproof layer on top of a down jacket, which, you know, somebody who's maybe familiar with the, the fashion brands on the street just says, this is a really warm jacket. It's like, yeah, but do you want to walk to the top of the mountain in that? No, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, I think that um, you're, you're very correct. Um, and what I think is, is also important, uh, the, you know, you, you build, you're not only building a garment, you know, to, to a certain climate condition or, or certain temperature, um, but also um, you have a, a changing factor of, of your own um, activity level. And obviously a sheep hunt is a different, um, or backcountry mountain hunting is a different different activity level than um, whites, you know, whites, white deer or white tail hunting, where you where you most of the time inactive. So right. um, a layering system, um, you know, gives you the opportunity to use um, many different layers, many different uh, pieces of gear and lets you kind of um, combine them together to your activity level and to the, to the conditions that is out there. And I think this gives you, gives you, you know, a, a system that you would use all around the year hunting in, in warm conditions. Obviously you need less and in um, in cold conditions, you would layer up more. And I think um, you have demonstrated that uh, during the last two years, uh, when you were hunting from uh, from Mexico to, to Nepal, um, I mean, you used all the same gear and right. um, it worked everywhere. I think it's important to note, I spent you know, four years of college, four 
Christmas breaks, roughly 30 days, I spent the lion's share of that time waterfowl hunting here in Arkansas. And most of the ground that we hunted, we had to walk in. Sometimes we had a, a fairly long walk for a waterfowl hunt. And I remember it was polyester, heavy, baggy polyester fabrics, um, you know, 200 yards in carrying decoys and you know, probably carrying between the, the shotgun shells, the shotgun and the decoys, uh, probably carrying 20 to 30 pounds, maybe more worth of gear. And I always remember, you know, halfway sludging through that wet field. I'm trying to like rip the jacket off because I'm about to die heat stroke. Um, but I, I didn't know any better. I thought that's just the way it was. Um, I had the opportunity uh, last year. I was, I was on a duck hunt in Oklahoma and we were, I was walking in with three of the local guides into a, a pond, um, you know, through some timber into the field and I didn't really think about it until I looked at those guys and they were all pouring sweat and they looked at me and they said, why are you not sweating? And it's my gear was so light. It was breathable. And this particular day, it was about 19 degrees Fahrenheit with a 20 mile an hour wind. And I was probably warmer than they were, um, you know, cause the one they were, they, they were soaking wet by the time we got in there. Uh, my walk in was a lot easier and so that's cool. And that's really when it also showed me like, and this is what it's supposed to be like, you know, there's, um, there's a different way to do this. The whole point of us going, and that's the fun, that's the fun part of the job, you know, getting to go, getting to go downrange, getting to get in the mountains, uh, going to Argentina, hunting around the world. But we want to put our money where our mouth is. And I, I want to show our customers that, that we go places that your life depends on your gear and, and we'll go first, right? We'll go downrange and we'll test it. We'll wear it. Nepal, uh, we had six, seven days of, of just hellacious weather. Um, we were at altitude for a very long time. Everybody, even the Sherpas, had a cough by the end of that. But we did it to show our customers it works here. And I took the same kit to all these places from Kamchatka, Russia, to Backpack Doll in the Brooks Range, to Nepal, recently Kyrgyzstan to Argentina to Sonora. Um, you know, they, one of the greatest things when I, every time I'm packing for these trips, when I put my Canis kit in the bag and I pick the bag up, I think, wait, I must've grabbed the wrong bag because it's too light. It feels like there's nothing in the bag before I start throwing in binos and, and the re knives and the, you know, the boots, the rest of the gear. One thing that uh, was very cool to see and to have you, you know, back to Salt Lake City show, it was so cool for you for the first time you got to interact with thousands of hunters in person and, and walk through the pieces with them. It was, it was cool to see Canis in the wild guys walking through the booth and we said, I love your jacket. And they look up and they go, Oh my gosh, you guys are here. Um, you know, other guys that we said, have you heard about us? And I said, yeah, I've got six or seven pieces. I came to buy more that led into conversations of guys who basically had been waiting to touch it, feel it. Cause we are direct consumer. Um, and unfortunately, you know, everybody, and we're direct consumer because this is super high-end technical apparel and the gear would be so crazy expensive if it was at retail. We, we try to keep it affordable. And so guys would come up and say, I've heard about you, but I hadn't got to touch it and feel it. Let's go through it. And it was so cool to see their eyes light up and say, man, this stuff is really, really tough. You know, uh, historically my puffy jacket, I look like a wounded goose after about three weeks walking through the woods. Uh, we use ripstop fabric on our puffy jackets. And so Getting, getting to see you interact with those guys uh, and, and walk through the gear really brought a smile to my face. And it, it, it truly, I would say, solidified what we saw as an opportunity and a need and that we've delivered 
on that need. It was for me. It was really um, nice to to see. You know, we've been we've been working on this for for four and a half years by now, and then um, you know things become also a little bit normal. You know, if you if you're always you know confronted with the same, and you know it's like. Of course, we, we tried to build the best gear out there and use awesome materials, but it was very nice to see, you know, interact with the customer, you know, explain what we use, why we use, and there's so many things and features and details that we have thought of. And uh, it was nice to see that, um, yeah, the people people really liked it and found that it's really amazing. It, gave, it gives me also very, very much a positive energy to, to keep um, keep pushing the, the envelope for, you know, for greater stuff. I mean, of course, we wanted to be light, but it was not our intention to build the lightest mountain, um, mountain hunt, hunting gear. It was the intention to build something that is that strong and um, still light. And um, we found a couple of very nice ways to to bring the weight down, but still to increase the strength. And I think that's that's something um, what our customer will appreciate. You know, for example, we're using most of most of our fabrics um, are nylon nylon double six, or it's a, like ninety five five percent of our fabrics are nylon double six. Means this is a high tenacity um, nylon that we we buy from uh, Cordura and um, make fabrics out of it. And this is really gives you about about forty to fifty percent um, additional strength uh, compared to a regular nylon fabric. Um, of course, we can um, part of that. We can take take the weight down, and the other part is just kind of increase the strength of the gear. Um, and you know, many of the companies out there, um, or many camo company out there, they use polyester fabrics because it's it's super easy to print, and the colors will be nice, and 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 it's um, it's, it's it's good to work with. Um, on nylon fabrics, especially on, on high tenacity nylon fabrics, um, the story is a little bit different. And printing is, is really dif difficult on it and takes a lot of time to get this all aligned because there is different types of fabrics and, and yarns that reflect colors and lights differently. So, um, yeah, I think we, we really we have here really something that is that is that is into stay and it's really strong and and also i understood from from the people that i talked to that this is really what what many of them have been looking for you know one thing i think it's important to mention um in a layering system and i'll talk layman terms because a lot of guys ask like how warm is this right the, the standard question from hunters we get that a lot at the shows how warm is this and so i did a test in kyrgyzstan kyrgyzstan it was about six degrees with a 30 mile an hour wind thought for sure i would have to have the down pants and the down jacket on underneath my rain gear. Some guys say, wait, why'd you wear your rain gear? Three layer fabric. That is our rain gear. You basically put your rain gear on to block when wind or precipitation are an issue or either, or you put your rain gear on, you know, if it's, if it's windy, some guys, what I've come to learn again, it's just an education about what is a layering system. Some guys put their down jacket on because it's cold and windy. You also need to put on your three-layer jacket over your down to block that wind. Kyrgyzstan, layman term, six degrees, 30-mile-an-hour wind. I knew the down would work. I was curious about our Premier jacket. It's Climate Shield Apex insulation inside. Uh, it's going to be, theoretically, uh, the down would be as a side-by-side -side comparison. In theory, the down's going to be just a little bit lighter and a little bit warmer, but I wanted to see if the Pamir work. So several days on that hunt, I wore the Pamir jacket 
over the alpha grizzly jacket, which I had on over the mid layer. And then I put the Nunavut rain jacket on top. On the bottoms, I had on the actually the Alpine light pants with the tar merino tights underneath. And I thought surely I would need to wear the down pants, uh, but I didn't. So I just put the rain pants on over tar merino base layer and the uh, Alpine light pants. And I was completely warm. Important too, it was a horseback hunt. So we generated virtually no body heat until the final stock. And so you're sitting there on the horse, basically just exposed to the elements at the mercy of the elements with your internal body heat generator sitting idle. Um, but to give you an idea, there was six degrees, 30 mile an hour wind layered up with that kit. And we'll actually put that uh, soon if we haven't already on our website. So guys can go can go look at that. I think that's really, um, this is really interesting what you're describing and, and I'm just realizing you know, it's like, um, of course, um, in order to lock your, you know, the, the body warmth towards your body, you, you would, you know, it's easy to use um, the three layer jacket, you know, and just like keep that warm air um, close to you. And um, obviously our system is built up the way that it's, uh, it starts super breathable from, um, you know, from a base layer to a freeze. And then um, we go into light insulation with the grizzly jacket, which is still, still extremely breathable. Um, and then you kind of start blocking a little bit more and more um, of this heat convection. And, uh, but still the, the Pamir jacket is still a really breathable jacket. So yes, you will lose um, some, some of your heat through the fabric, um, uh, which, which won't be there to, to, to warm you. But on the other hand, um, as soon as you increase uh, the intensity of your, of your hunt um, or of your hike, um, obviously you need that capacity to, um, to have this, this hot air to, to escape and don't overheat you. So that's why we really go from super breathable to a little bit less, less, less breathable. A down jacket is, is uh, obviously then um, from the insulation layers is the least breathable one. And we start with the Grizzly, then goes to Pamir jacket with apex insulation and then the down jacket and then if you're still um, still chilly though you just um, put on whatever layer you you have on you put the rain jacket on on top and then you're you're perfectly warm important is always to keep that moist out of your system and if you have a non-breathable layer um, be it a, a, a very light down jacket um, that is you know, as soon as down is involved, we need to um, restrict um, breathability, otherwise we will have the down migration. So if you have a very light um, layer of insulation that is non-breathable, uh, moisture will, will trap in your, in your microsystem and you, you want that to escape actually, rather than stay with you. Because if, if there is moisture in your system, it will leverage cold, but also heat. So right. it's like in winter, you will, will feel even colder. If right. You have a, if I have a wet microclimate, so that's that's why it's important to have that this really all breathable and you know get that get that um, air out of your system and with the air escaping, it will also escape um, a lot of moisture. Let's talk about a very specific tool in the arsenal that uh, you came up with, the Alpha Grizzly jacket, and because uh, when I first saw it, when you when you showed it to me, I was like, what is this? You know, what, what's the specific use of this? And Fred Harbison, other guides in Alaska are just raving about that jacket. I said, why is there no pockets? No, why is there no lower hand warmer pockets? You said, uh, for the backpack straps, like uh, they're not needed. You're going to have a, you're, this piece is designed for the mountains, inspired by cross-country skiing. Basically, it's body mapped around your core where you need it, but you need something to cut the wind. And it's that in between when you're sheep hunting, 
elk hunting, mule deer hunting, mountain goat hunting, when you're in the mountains and you're on an active hunt, we've all been there. It's, and I laugh because I can see it. It's like, okay, I need my rain jacket to cut the wind, but you're still climbing. The alpha grizzly jacket is basically designed for the active mountain hunter. When you're climbing, it, it cuts the wind, it body maps your, your core to regulate the temperature, but it's also extremely breathable. Yeah, the range of use of this, this piece of gear is huge because due to the high breathability, we still can, <clears throat> we still can put in some reasonable amount of insulation because you won't overheat, it's, it's gonna breathe away. And um, so this means that if you're, um, if there is not a, a tremendous amount of wind chill, you will, you will always be fine in it and you know, have a high intensity. Um, you, you just create enough pressure to, to get rid of this, um, of this um, extra heat that you don't need. And, and this makes it really a versatile piece. And this is also something that I personally use on, on um, ski tours and, and um, you know, alpine, alpine um, ski, uh, ski mountaineering tours uh, throughout the winter when it's really cold because you move fast, you, 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 know, you're, you have a high intensity. So this really is a piece that, that goes from like medium, medium um, temperature to really cold temperature, depending on how much and how quick you move. But it's basically a no-brainer to, to have that video because you're probably going to be wearing that all the time. I want to get into something else and make sure we take advantage while you're here in the States. You know, you, you never give yourself enough credit. And you, I remember when you first met, you said, I'm just a tailor, right? <laughs> so, but I think it's important for our customers or potential customers to um, understand, you know, what does that mean? And uh, you, you are a tailor. Yeah, that's you, right. you are a tailor. And so every single piece, we don't, we don't basically, uh, we, we fit every single piece you hand cut making the paper patterns every single piece that we launch you have your hands involved in that process and a lot of guys talk about the fit and, and how well the gear does fit and and that's a big part of the process you've been doing that a long time you've made glider suits for glider pilots you've mm -hmm. made down suits that guys use to climb mount everest um, you've basically done everything in between you you yourself um, we had the opportunity to go ski in a couple of years in, in Davos and Switzerland, which was awesome. All the competitive personalities got to come out. Uh, I remember we hiked up so high, we, we were above a herd of Alpine Ibex and we skied off the backside of uh, Davos. And so that was cool. But you're out there every day. Not only are you a tailor, do you understand technical fabrics? You've worked with companies to develop fabrics in addition to the garments you also are downhill mountain biker. You're a cross country skier. You ski tour in the back country. Mm. And you've been doing that a long time. You know, it's a funny thing. Um, if you're a tailor, this is, you know, this is a pretty basic occupation. Let's put it that way. In, you know, as people receive it. But I think that's, um, I was in a young age deciding, I was like 14 years old deciding I want to be a tailor. And I didn't want to be a tailor because I wanted to, to shorten other people's, um, pants i wanted to be a tailor because i wanted to understand how garments are made and i mean this was a on one hand this was a stupid decision because you'll never make money from being a tailor <laughs> on the other hand it was the most brilliant decision i ever done because um this has formed so much knowledge knowledge um, you know around me that um that i'm now really being able to to put into the projects and um, you really learn how to do patterning you do you know, you know, you, you make garments from, from the scratch. And I think this is something that, 
that most of um, most of the people, most of the brands um, um, don't know. It it taught me how to construct a garment and how much how important a fit is on a garment and how how to manufacture a garment and. I mean, this is something that um, has helped me throughout my career working with sportswear brands. Um, none of them have pattern makers or, or tailors in, in their company. So um, we can really um, do better than, uh, you know, other, other brands usually relying on factories that are in, in Far East. And, you know, in Far East, people have a different body shape than what we have here. So uh, they may not understand 100% on on how the shape has to be for our bodies and how the how the shape or the or the garment has to be made in order to you know to allow the movements that that you would uh, need for hunting uh, in specific i have worked my 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 career based on that and just like trying to to construct and um, and create better sportswear yeah as ryan said throughout a, a numerous um, um, amount of, of different activities and I think this is also something that that helps us now. Um, you know, I've been I've been working you know for ten years plus uh, as you know just as a contractor for for development and, and prototyping. Um, I had a you know we had a company up to eighteen people in Switzerland working on on, uh, on great stuff. This is something that we we are like really proud of that we are hands on with the product and I mean. Ryan, Ryan said it before, I'm not a hunter, but I've serviced um, a numerous amount of different customers, including military and special forces. So I have also learned to listen and to, to collect feedback um, in a certain way that I can understand what we have to do. What I also learned is never, never um, found a company with people that have the same skills that you have. And I think this is perfect, but what we can see here, I mean, Ryan, Ryan is, a, is a businessman, but he's a hunter for for a long, long time, and um, I mean textiles and, and and garment and gear for a long, long time, and I think we have really um, these skills, these different skill sets that allows us to to be more on point. We've tested this gear, uh, I think other brands, and and I assumed it, it's the only way I knew how to do it. You know, I'm a very uh, common sense thinker, and the only way I knew how to do it was make something and test it ourselves and see if it works. Um, I've now come to understand. I think that's probably not the way most brands do it. They launch something and if it doesn't work, then they, they, they phase it out and they, and they try again. Um, you know, we, we, we developed, we spent two and a half years mm. designing, wearing, tearing apart, mm. throwing in the trash can, right. Um, to get what we have today and you know, Hey, we, we've made some mistakes, right? Sure. We, we find them. Um, you know, we, we've got a lifetime manufacturer's warranty on our gear and we back that up, but that's part of business too. You know, you, you've, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Um, you know, you're going to fail, but it's how you, how you deal with those mistakes, right. And how you keep your customers happy. The coolest thing for me at the trade shows. And I was so happy you got to see that in Salt Lake city at the Western Hunter Expo was God's coming up. Everybody in the hunting industry wants something for free, right? It's like, Oh, send, send it to me. I'll try it. I'll be a tester. And it's like, if it was a hobby, it's a business. If it's a hobby, it's not going to last very long, but it's a business. And so um, we know it works because we've been testing it for a very long time. We know where it works. And that's why we've gone to uh, the most austere environments that the world has to offer to test the gear. Um, but 
it was such an honor at these, being at these trade shows finally where we can see our customers. Guides reach out two years ago and say, send it to me, I'll try it. We said, no, well, we have a guide and outfitter program. We'll give you a discount. Having guides come up and saying, hey, don't be surprised if every guide at Outfitter XYZ is not wearing your gear next year because I wore it last season and they think it's the best gear that they've ever seen, ever worn. They've witnessed it. They've looked for the hot spots. They've looked for the weak points. They think this is the best. And that was such an honor to finally get to hear that in person and get that feedback. It was a really special moment. I was glad that you were there and got to hear that in person because uh, we've worked extremely hard, um, harder than I ever imagined over the last four years to get here. No, that was really nice for me to see and, uh, and also to see the, you know, the, um, the excitement of, of people, you know, when once you start running them through the, 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 the collection and uh, running them into the details of, of every single piece, um, I think it was really nice to see and, and I'm confident that, that we can do really well. The, the future is bright. We've got a lot of, we won't share them on here because obviously, um, you know, that's part of the excitement. We'll, we'll start, but we've got some new products coming out April, May, June of this year. Yeah. I'm extremely excited to get to share those with our customers or our future potential customers. And I know you'll be working hard once you return home, getting, getting those over the goal line, you know, with the, the supply chain's been, uh, as, as probably everybody in the world knows with COVID and uh, everything's been doubled. Um, but you got to work through those issues and, and, and get the products to market. And, and I would, I would tell any of our customers or potential customers, listen, you know, we're, we're working hard and fighting for you every day to, to bring those products to market and get them in your hands. And we've also got another important point. We've got the, the retail store open here in, in Fayetteville, Arkansas in a couple of weeks. And uh, I know that uh, there are some guys that, that want to touch it and feel it. And we talked to a few of those guys at the show. So their buddies may fly to book a flight to Arkansas. And if you are interested in coming to Arkansas and touching and feeling the gear in person and, and, and getting a custom uh, tour of the facility, we're, we're happy to do that. Yeah, I think that's really exciting, and you know, we're laying on the last touches on the on the on the retail space and uh, filling it with good stuff now. So uh, I'm excited to see once it's done, and um, and I obviously hope that many many of you guys have the chance to to stop by, swing by, have a you know have a beer. I saw a beer fridge also, <laughs> which I think is awesome. <laughs> and talk some hunting. Hey, that's the funnest part of the job. I tell people, you know, when I was a kid, I used to wait for the Bass Pro magazine or the Cabela's magazine, and my dad would always put it on the counter for me, and I would go page by page and dog ear all the pages and make a a wish list of post-it notes and dog ears of everything that I wanted. And that's the, that's the fun part. Guys actually seem shocked that uh, we tell them, Hey, call us up. We love to talk hunting. You know, we'll talk about the fabrics, come by the showroom, try on the gear. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you, we'll, we'll tell you anything you want to know about the hunts that we've done. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll also tell you, uh, or listen to your, your hunting stories. And if you want to book a hunt, I got a close friend, uh, Greg Brownlee, just an hour and a half away at Neil and Brownlee. And, and he sends guys on hunts all over the world and you won't be disappointed there. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um, we'll, we'll have you back on, um, once you get back home, um, once you get rested up from, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm disappointed you, you only got to do one trade show because uh, the rest of us, we've, we've done, uh, we've done three now and I think we're, we're still recovering. Yeah, it's been, it's been good. Uh, I love to be here. I'll be back and um, hopefully see you guys out there next year, next season for the hunting shows. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. definitely. If you're listening, come by the shows next year. We'll post our show schedule 
um, as we get closer to the time. But Marcel, um, thanks for being here. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thanks for listening to the Alpha Podcast by Canis.